Danny, I'm feeling a little, a little nostalgic tonight. You know what I mean? Just feel oh. like reminiscing on some stuff. You know? Let's reflect back on the good times, brother. Let's think back. What do What do we have to look back on? There was that time, right? There was that time where that person got run over on the freeway, and that person drove away. Now oh. that that was a murder. Classic oh. hit and run. My God, that was awesome, man. I love remembering these murders. Do you remember the time mm-hmm. that we found out that we found this decapitated body and then weeks later, the head turns up in your neighbor's fridge? What? Wild. What? That what was crazy. What a trip, man. Oh, Who would have thought? Crazy. Your neighbor seems so nice. I know, but, you know, my freezer is just the right size for... Let's not talk about this too much anymore. We're here to talk about not just our memories of murder, but a movie called Murmuries of Murder. Mammaries of Mordor. Murmuries of Burderb. Banshees of Murder. <laughs> my story, unfortunately, was Memories of Manslaughter... Um, yeah, but we're here to talk about... Hey, welcome back, everyone. It's Memories of Movies for Win. And I can tell the movie's good just by looking in its eyes. Folks, Korean cinema, we're on a kick. What can I say? That's the theme. It's kick. week two. Whoa! <laughs> a flying double drop kick of Korean cinema. Thank you for listening to our burning episode. And thank you for listening to um, the supplementary filler episode of me being absent thank you denny and yeah i miss being on there you and vanessa had a great time it sounded like uh talking about a night's tale we did honestly one of my more like one of the episodes i thought came out better honestly we really enjoyed the discussion yeah i I loved hearing you guys uh shit on junior for half the episode (laughs) (laughs) we were debating whether to do a night's tale or junior um, and we just decided we would do them both, but both. put one of them in the what we've been watching section. <laughs> pretend, yeah, pretend with the conversation just went too long. That's, it was 100%. We, we thought A Knight's Tale was, was going to be a more popular headliner, but we, we fully intended to do both and no one has called us out yet. <laughs> I'm here to do just that. The old bait and switch. And I'm I'm here to get this show back on the rails and, you know, keep us a little more organized and hopefully this week spell the name of the movie correctly in the description of the episode. So What what did I do? You did Knight's Tale without the K. <laughs> you did Knight N I G H T. Leaving it 
<laughs> I was going to change, but I was like, no, it's staying. Leaving it. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was editing and uploading that very quickly while I was about to go see a house I planned to buy. My, uh, my mind was in another place. Mm, it was on the night. I get it. That's fine. It happens to the best of us, and I am the best of us. So you are. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. And you and you and Vanessa joked, but uh, we can do that career recap of The Rock, like you guys talked about. That would be so much fun, wouldn't it? A little, a wouldn't little that study. be awesome? I think so because I, I feel like you have most of the backstory context for like the wrestling career and all that, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I watched Walking Tall in college or something, so I'm informed. <laughs> I like Jumanji. Whatever. So, we'll, uh, on another day. We'll see. Yeah. But we have business to attend to first, Denny. Before we continue our uh, exploration of Korean cinema, Denny, since I've been gone, what else have you been watching? Besides uh. Junior. <laughs> Don't even get him started on Junior. Pretty short list, to be honest. Uh, Vanessa and I have been really busy. Um, we have been watching uh, the new season of Queer Eye on Netflix. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, the last season, I felt like some of the episodes came across as genuine and sincere, and some of them were super stilted. Um, but so far, the new season of Queer Eye, I felt, has come across really authentic in every episode. I've cried at it. I've cried at Queer Eye. I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, pretty good, inspirational show, especially when you're in kind of a funk. It's a really, really positive... It, you just taste the happy in it, you know? Like, it's, it's yeah. a good way to get, get out of that funk. Um, sometimes it's nice to just be like, oh, yeah, sometimes things are just nice. Yeah. They don't have like, to happen to you, but you can empathize with them happening to other people. It's fun. Look how happy this dude is because he got a good haircut. I'd, I'll, I'll watch that. Like, <laughs> I'll watch that on Queer Eye, you know? like I'll watch five celebrities just dote on a regular person and geek out over them. It's super cool to see someone get cared about that much in such a short amount of time. They just get, like, bombarded with care. Um, Aww. You can't... You can't help but smile um i watched the mist have you ever seen the mist i think i have maybe oh man i can't i can't be sure let me look it up while you tell me all about it well it's a 2000 yeah i did watch it yeah you did, did okay it. yeah it's a 2007 Stephen King adaptation. Um, Ooh, that's a bad combination of words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was about 20 years late. <laughs> 2007 cinema, thumbs up. Stephen King adaptation. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 2007. 1987 called. They want their... They want their Stephen King adaptation back, and I think this is the first time oh. that joke has been used on a year Got, by another year. Got him. Hey, two. Hey, Denny. Two thousand one called, and the what? The plane just hit the South Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
Denny and Greg are back, baby. Oh, 9-11 jokes. Um, <sighs> so The Mist was pretty much the 9-11 of Stephen King adaptations. Mm, um, someone hasn't seen The Langoliers. <laughs> I clearly have not, nor have I heard of it. Um, <laughs> it, it was not a good movie. It, I, it's not really the 9-11 of Stephen King adaptations. I was just trying to segue and make our conversation <laughs> seem less disjointed. It's not that bad. Um, you can't. You can't. I appreciate the effort, though. No, it's fine. Um, it's not fine. It's kind of bad. Um, but, uh, well, how do I want to describe this? Um, the cinematography is like a gnawing pain in my stomach that just gnaws at me, and I have to live with it for my whole life is how it feels. And I can never fully forget about it, but I can't do anything about it. Um, the shaky cam for cinematography... Oh. Oh no. With the strange lighting, everything seemed to be like overly saturated, all the colors. I, I did not like the color on this movie. Um, I did not like the lighting. I did not like the cinematography. I did not like it in a boat. I did not like it with a goat. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> I was going to go there. <laughs> it's uh, the CGI is bad. It doesn't look like. 2007 cgi it looks more like 2002 cgi um oh boy it's there's a lot of melodrama a lot of characters doing stupid shit like i'm not joking greg they ran out into the mist five times and kept thinking it might work this time <laughs> maybe it'll work for us <laughs> they just kept being surprised when running out into the mist didn't work <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I didn't really like the mist. It did have uh, Captain Holt from uh, from Brooklyn Nine Nine in it um, in a fairly prominent role. Oh, nice. So that was like one of the few things I did like about the movie was just that he was there, um, and <laughs> he was a pretty rational party in a horror movie full of irrational people. So good on Captain Holt. I don't know what his name is, the actor that plays him. I've got no idea. Uh, we'll get there eventually. Where we remember actors. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up because I feel bad. Not a guy. Well, I, I think it's safe to say that this Stephen King adaptation really missed the point. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my comedy awards, people? Come on. God, I looked up Captain Holt, and it's not giving me Andre Brow Brow Brower Andre Brower <laughs> keeps giving me Steve Holt. <laughs> Andre Brower, he's the man. If he can't do it, it's the mist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that sucks. And uh, last night, I watched the first half of Billy Madison because I wanted to see if it holds up because I haven't watched it in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. uh, so far, I'm surprised to say I think it does, but I'll have a full report next week after I watch the second half of Billy Madison. All right. Looking forward to that. Um, I don't think I've actually seen that one. It's another blind spot on the old uh, things Greg has seen map. So It's hard for me to imagine you liking it if you didn't obsessively watch it when you were 12 years old. Well, hey, that's, that's going to be a lot of things. Um, more on that later. I don't know. <laughs> What have you been watching, Greg? Well, Other been than, watching. We already know we can rule out Billy Madison. That narrows it down a little bit. But what have another, you been watching? 
Another week went by, another week where I didn't watch Billy <laughs> Madison. <laughs> Sorry to report, folks. Um, Every morning, Greg wakes up, opens Adam Sandler's Twitter, and tweets him, not today, before he gets out today. of bed. <laughs> I'll watch Waterboy. I'll watch Dinner Party 2, but I'll be damned if I watch Billy Madison. <laughs> One of your better movies. Okay, fucker, I'll watch Grown Ups 2. <laughs> but I will not, I say, not be watching Billy Madison, unless I feel like it. Uh, what I did watch, though, speaking of early 2000s things, not Kimmy Schmidt, but just Unbreakable. Ah, the M Night Shyamalan film. Damn, this movie's really fucking good, man. Good it's shit. It's a good one. Good shit. It's a good one. Have you seen Unbreakable? No, I haven't. Ooh, you should watch it. I should yeah. watch it. It is a grounded, methodical, thoughtful, high concept superhero origin story movie that clocks in at an hour forty six. What the oh. fuck are we doing anymore, man? Baby. Baby. Where are you at, Marvel directors? Why you gotta it's make Guardians of the Galaxy three hours? Why can't it be an hour script. and 46? Because we just gotta waste people's times. Like, well, the algorithm says if we spend five minutes with Spider-Mans pointing at each other, this will make another million dollars. So we gotta do that. There we go. Um... But yeah, this Unbreakable's fucking good. I had seen it before, but uh, we were on vacation and I watched it on the plane, which, Denny, when you see it, you'll realize it's just like, not the right place to watch Unbreakable. Um, yeah, it's great. I think it's a really cool movie. I didn't watch Glass, which is kind of like a soft sequel to it. Mm -hmm. Kind of exists in the same universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think I want to watch it. Unbreakable's great. Glass. Unbreakable's really good. Ugh. Watch that one. We we were huge fans of The Sixth Sense. Yes. Me and you were. Yes. Uh, it's it's not as good as that, of course. I mean, it it's hard to be, but like this one is a very very strong entry into Shyamalan's uh, filmography. So that's this is slightly before. Uh, spoilers for Unbreakable. Things go off the rails, mm -hmm. if I may. You'll see. So the other thing I watched was a movie that got a ton of hype when it came out, and I didn't get it. And now that I've seen it, I still don't really get it. <laughs> the Green Knight. Uh, no, I liked that movie when it came out. Uh, I haven't seen it. I didn't it. get that much hype. I haven't uh, seen, the, I've heard people shit on it. I haven't seen it. I enjoyed it. Uh, the Kingsman. Ah! I think 2015 or something everyone has been telling me for years and years and years that i need yeah. to watch this movie even though i tell them i don't want to there is something about this movie that makes people think i don't know my own preferences when i tell them i'm not interested what what is so fucking special about the kingsman that everyone just needs to I, shove it down my throat i will say it is a solid base hit of a movie okay. it is a base hit spy film fun little action flick i watched it and i was into it and then it ended and then it left my mind and overall i was just like it was pretty good passing grade that's it and then i was like 
there were a few scenes where I was like, oh yeah, people were just like retweeting the fuck out of this scene, like posting it on Twitter and just like sharing it on Reddit and everything. Like, this is the best thing ever. And I'm like, no, I can see where all the cuts are very clearly. And this is like good action, but like it's not anything special. Yeah, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson is cool in it, I guess. But it's just like, it's fine. I'm glad I finally watched it, but mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, we got a whole trilogy out of this movie. Maybe the sequels are good. I don't know. There's like a sequel and then like a prequel feature that's kind of new. So maybe I'll watch those one day, maybe in a few years. But yeah, I didn't. Where, why? I why? <laughs> you don't need to rush and see it, Denny. That's all I'll tell you. I again, it's like anime where people won't fucking just let me not be interested in it like i don't go out looking for fights with the kingsmen (laughs) people just won't let me have not wanting to see it (laughs) oh my god and then they get mad when you don't like it well you forced me into this yeah what's 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 worse having no opinion on it or having a bad opinion on it right right like let me let me keep having no opinion on it I know what I'm about. If I say I don't want to see something, I don't want to see it. Like, I'm a grown fucking man. Don't, like, I can watch trailer and tell you if I'm interested without a fucking discussion with you. Like, <laughs> but what about this one? But maybe you should walk into this mist over here. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of walking into the mist... My wife and I started Pitch Perfect. Hmm. I I had never seen it before. Oh! And then it got to the part where Anna Kendrick does the cup song, and my wife was like, shit, I forgot this was in the movie, and we turned it off, and she didn't want to continue. What? (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. You're probably fine. (laughs) I was like, I hate hate this song. I was like, well, the rest of it was kind of funny sometimes, so it was fine. I didn't hate it. I hate that song, too. Um, I despise acapella. Me too. Remember, like, however many years ago... It was when Pitch Perfect was released. Yes. (laughs) No, 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 no. A little bit after that. Every single Christmas, it was the pentatonics. Yes. Were, like, everything. Everybody only cared about that shit. I'm like, I don't want to hear, like, a... Oh, God, I hate it. I don't... I don't get it. It's just some guy going... That fucking sucks. That's stupid. <laughs> that's that's so dumb. Yeah, I want to hear a guy go Tsh! like, okay, no, that's stupid. Like two people harmonize and people like beatbox. That's fucking boring. Yes. Sucks. Bad. Ruin Christmas. <laughs> Ruin Christmas worse than the Grinch ever could hated that shit yeah we really shouldn't have overvalidated pentatonics <laughs> we as a nation are moving on and that's benefits society as a whole i would say i'm i'm proud of us as a people you know like there's there's two things i think about regularly and it's acapella and the friend zone and just like <laughs> the <laughs> The more time I go without people ever, like, paying serious attention to either of those things, the more I'm like, I think we're healing. (laughs) I think we're getting better. Once we do away with those two things and then, like, cryptocurrency, like, I think we'll be, like, fine. 
and then but I'm worried about like what's gonna come in its in their place you know that that void of terrible has terrible thoughts and Ba things to base your personality on like that all has to be filled in with some other thing i mean i'll bet there is a significant degree of overlap between the friend zone crowd and the crypto crowd if I'm being <laughs> honest with you. it's all the same it's all the same type of person of, just all like. the same kind of guy <laughs> and i say guy and i mean guy yeah. <laughs> not to gatekeep women here but i think <laughs> I think they benefit from that. Yeah. So. <laughs> you don't want no part of this. There's like one uh, crypto listener who just like swore they'd never listen to our podcast again and thinks that we totally don't understand crypto and should do our own research. It's like Cole's Cash, right? Yeah. It's just like Cole's Cash. Wait, no, Greg, there's a big difference. <laughs> Cole's Cash is actually fucking worth something. <laughs> I can buy a panini press with Kohl's cash. <laughs> I can buy golf course appropriate attire with that Kohl's cash. <laughs> I can buy a pair of Dockers with my Bitcoin, okay? <laughs> I got an air fryer with Dogecoin. You see? You see? <laughs> Anyways. Where are we at? Korean cinema? Pitch, I'm done with it. Pitch, pitch Perfect, I believe, no, is what we were talking about. <laughs> we spent more time talking about Pitch Perfect than I spent watching Pitch Perfect. So okay. I think we're good. Cool. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, shall <laughs> I, we? That was a good little recap. I missed you, Denny. I missed you too, bud. Uh, that being said, let's let's sour the mood with a Ooh, really good, really good movie about a real life serial killer. Oh, this is All real, right. Denny. Whoa, holy shit! I did I not have, know this, dude. I'm gonna blow your mind all kinds of ways in the next couple minutes here. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this is based on a true story. And <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, this is a feelings based podcast this is yeah. not a research based podcast yes. but i did do some research for denny i thought <laughs> you knew it was a true story there's another fact about the case that i will reveal to you after we summarize it and i was worried that you had already known about it but the fact that you don't know it was real tells me nah -uh. i don't so. know dick about shit greg <laughs> <laughs> uh why am i surprised all right <laughs> Memories of Murder is a 2003 film. Yeah. A, a good movie from 2003 from director Bong Joon-ho. Um, this one was uh, not really in a lot of places to stream. I got it as a... It's available as an Amazon Prime rental, but I did buy the Blu-ray, the, Criter the Criterion Collection Blu-ray. Nice. Um, a couple months ago nice for this watch-through. It's uh, solid. Um Denny, before we get started here with relationships, I'm going to read you the Critical Review of the Week. Ah, something I haven't done in a while. Were you pumped that I did that last week, by the way? I was, yeah. I, I was like, you did say, like, it, it has to be one line. I was like, that's not true. Oh, wait, it doesn't? <laughs> I definitely no, thought it's it did. It's just one... I think the last one I did was one line, and I just liked it so much. So like, it's all, this is the only line I need this week for burning. Okay. And... Um, 
Yeah, so the, the review for this week is a user that gave it a 9 out of 10 and said, A gripping detective story which doesn't shy away from the fact that many crimes are almost impossible to solve. The characters are all fun to watch, and their progression through the film is both natural and surprising. Another incredible Korean masterpiece. Do you want to just not do the podcast? Yeah, <laughs> like That pretty much summarizes my thoughts. Hang it up. We're yeah. done. Yeah, a lot of the reviews were basically just like, here's why this movie's brilliant, and another one's completely missed the point. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like, I didn't like the part where the police did this. Like, oh, you think that police <laughs> are just always the good guy? Don't want to spoil my cultural catch, but honestly. <laughs> like, because the movie showed it, that means they praised this thing. Well, hold on. Yep. <laughs> Let's use our brains a second here. Yep. Um, Denny, what's your relationship with this movie? Because I think it's a short one. Yeah, it was uh, on the first ever annual movie list that Vanessa and I did not finish. Um, mm. And ended up being uh, the retirement of the tradition because we didn't finish a list and realized we didn't really like doing that anymore. Um, but... It was very fun while it lasted, but I I agree with your reasoning for not continuing. Yeah, it was getting in the way of us watching what we wanted to watch instead exactly. of causing us to see more things we wanted to see, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, But one of the things I did really want to see was Memories of Murder because... Um, some people that I just I trust their take on film a lot have been like following up with me being like so did you watch it yet (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I've been like no but I will but I will but I will um and so that's why it was like my instant pick for for this theme because I've been like oop I've I've seen plenty of Bong Joon-ho but this is one of the big ones that I've really missed out on one of the biggest ones honestly I feel like Mm -hmm. I feel like this and Parasite are probably his most well-known ones would you agree with me on that I would say so Maybe Oakjaw, just because that was a Netflix movie. Oh, I think that it got a lot of eyes on it because seen. of that. I I thought you had seen that one. No, I haven't seen Oakjaw. I haven't either. Um, but yeah, like I, I mentioned from our first movie back from the hiatus, I did watch The Host, his other movie. Mm-hmm. One of his movie, uh, I think the one after Memories of Murder. So mm-hmm. <laughs> two very different movies. Um, yeah. Bong Joon-ho's hard to pin down. But what's your relationship with the movie? I I watched this one, I think it was late last year. There was a while where, like, this movie just kind of kept popping up in, like, you know, in in the timeline or whatever. And then, like, a lot of people I follow on, like, YouTube, like, this guy Thomas Flight, I've mentioned him a few times on this podcast. He posted a video, like, exclusively talking about, like, the cinematography of Memories of Murder. Mm-hmm. And Bong's, director Bong's direction of uh, this movie, and I think he talked about some of his others as well. But, like, like it, there were podcast episodes talking about mem- Memories of Murder busy, videos I wanted to watch, so I finally, like, sat down and watched it. And was thoroughly impressed, and was just like, I didn't know that he made this movie, mm-hmm. and I was I was very happy to have finally seen it. I was really glad you picked it for this um, for this theme. So cool, good, good, good time. I think I I gotta say, I guess first off is uh, I liked this movie a lot more the second time around. Okay, okay. I didn't really uh, know 
what I was getting into the first time. And the second time I was like, kind of knew what was coming, what was going to happen. I just had a lot more fun, like appreciating what I was seeing on screen. Sure. So, uh, before we, uh, before I blow your mind for a second time, will you please <laughs> summarize your pick, Denny? Summarize the plot of Memories of Bird. Yes. Spoilers ahead, people. Spoilers ahead. Let me, uh, let me pull it up. Cause I don't know if I know any of the characters names. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see I, here. You can kind of give like a brief summary, just like the police are doing this and someone is doing that. There we go. Um, <clears throat> so basically, um, these women are being murdered in this area in South Korea. Um, the police are trying to find the murderer, but they don't have a lot of clues. What do you do when you don't have a lot of clues? You just start beating the shit out of people and trying to coerce a confession and tampering with evidence. Um Rock and so roll, baby. that's what most of the movie is, is uh, the police uh, just being really, really unethical and inhumane to innocent people who they suspect may have committed the murder. Uh, they really don't seem like they're trying to solve the crime as much as they're trying to get a confession at large parts of the movie. Um, one time there's like nine pieces of peach inside a corpse's vagina. Um, and... Yeah, it's mostly that. It's it's a procedural sort of uh, neo-noir crime drama um, mm -hmm. that uh, seems to call into question the concept of evidence versus instinct. Um, and long story short, uh, our protagonist, Detective Park, eventually gets out of the force, raises a family, um, and returns to the scene of the crime where he's basically told by a little girl that like the murderer still comes and revisits this spot and there's no way to track him. <laughs> there's no way to catch him. Um, the, uh, it's a weird movie cause I almost said the good guys lost, but they're definitely not the good guys. Are they? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the people trying to stop the serial killer lost. Exactly. Right. So yeah, that's, that's the main spoiler is, uh, this is basically, and it's, kind of called this in korea too it's the korean zodiac killer basically mm. it was just like a serial killer that was active for a specific time frame and then they were never caught and yeah spoilers for the movie and <laughs> real crime of zodiac yeah. so <laughs> um denny i'm gonna blow your mind though real quick again uh they found the killer Holy shit! Was it the guy that requested the radio songs? It was a uh, I I don't I don't know I didn't read how like or like what connected them mm -hmm. uh, if there was any connection to like the person doing the radio radio calls the radio requests um, but it was 2019 they found DNA evidence from the murders matched with a there was a 60 year old man serving a life sentence for the rape and murder of his own sister-in-law holy shit and they matched his dna with the dna collected from these murders so they found their guy wow in 2019 holy shit wow and it was exactly like the movie said it's just an ordinary looking guy I think um, the he's in prison now. Like I said, he's serving a life sentence. But uh, he has seen the movie. He watched it in prison. 
and he said he felt no real connection to it and he just kind of saw it as a film which (laughs) which the mind of a serial killer ladies and gentlemen there you go and i think i i should have wrote i should have written it down um bong joon ho upon learning this like saw the picture of the man that had actually committed the crimes and just kind of stared at it for a really long time and just like I think he said he felt like some kind of numbness and like this is just some guy and he he said it was a very surreal experience and I I wish I wrote down like what he said about it I, I think like when he was asked about it at the time he was like I'm still processing this because like making this movie I think this story had gotten very near and dear to his heart so obviously yeah he was just like i'm i'm not sure how i feel about this right now ask me again later (laughs) i didn't see if they asked him again later or not i'm sure someone has the question is like is it translated to english so where we can read it i'm sure it's been talked about god i want to text i want to read that text him i'll text him (laughs) Uh, (laughs) hey bro it's your boy I got you in for Best Picture a few years ago. You were supposed to be confined to Best International Film category. That was pretty <laughs> cool of me. Anyways. Listen. <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of overall, now that I've blown your mind twice tonight, Denny, how do you feel about the movie? I love the movie. Um, I, I First of all, I love noir, um, and I love crime drama. Um, and... Uh, I was crazy about this movie. One of my favorite, um, one of my favorite noirs is uh, Chinatown. Have you seen Chinatown? I have not. Very, uh, very similar, similar to this movie, in a lot of ways. Um, but it's one of my favorites, and I, there was just so much like reminding me of one of my favorite movies. You know, like so that's always a good sign. Um, and mm-hmm. um, no, man, I thought it was uh, very patient. Um, there were times when I wished I was a little more hooked, you know, but I think that's... Okay. That's... Uh, but I don't think I was really supposed to be hooked. I think I was supposed to be very distrusting of the movie. Um, because they're showing me, like, the protagonist being, like, a horrible person and not in a, like, Peter Banning yells at his kids before he goes to Neverland type of horrible person. Like, he's, like... <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, awful. Like, he's abusing people. Um, so, um, and I, I think that's kind of, like, the beauty of the movie is that, like, it never fully gets going. You know, like, it certainly has, like, the climax of its action and the peak of its tension, but it's mm-hmm. all just a bunch of false starts. You just have, like, three or four false starts before the protagonist gives up <laughs> and, like, changes his career, right? Like, um mm-hmm. I, I think it's a brilliant movie, uh, but I, I do think it's like, it's the kind of movie where it's like, if someone asked me, did you, did you have fun watching it? I'd be like, you're asking the wrong question. Uh, you know, <laughs> like that's, mm-hmm. that's not really what this was about. Um, it was about intrigue more than entertainment. So to, so to speak. Uh, let's say you, what are your just kind of like skimming off the top thoughts on the movie? I, I really like what you said about it being just a series of false starts. Mm-hmm. I, I think the first time I watched it, I felt really similar. It was just like, I'm not really being hooked into this thing. Because I feel like every time we kind of pull on, start pulling on a thread, it just ends. 
Yeah. And then now we're pulling on a different thread. And it's just really hard to, on a first watch through, to like really latch onto anything. And then watching it again, I'm like, that's the fucking point, really. Like, this, this investigation is like driving these characters insane. And like, we get the, the detective from Seoul, right? He's kind of the level headed guy that's like, you know, we're not going to like, falsify evidence or like try to coerce a confession or anything like we're going to do this the right way he's got like new ideas fresh you know thoughts to tell the police chief and even he reaches his breaking point by the end where he's just like gonna kill the guy that he wants to, <laughs> he wants to believe that this guy did it he's like refusing to believe that he didn't commit the crime right He's gonna he's gonna kill him by the train tracks. Just like just fucking say you did it, so I can kill you and have some sort of like release of like what I've been beating my head against the wall against yeah. for for the past several months. Um, and then like so yeah, watching it the second time, I was really more latching on to the characters and their sort of maybe not giving up, but like just exhaustion of what was going on here because it's not like a puzzle that takes a long time to solve it's people are actively dying every time there's a misstep every time you pull out the wrong thread somebody else dies mm -hmm. and like i said that that guy from the detective from seoul someone died like the schoolgirl that you know he helped uh put the band-aid on her because she got hurt in like the school drill mm -hmm. Like, it was someone he knew, like, someone personal to him was finally killed, and that was his breaking point. And yeah. you're just, like, the the frustration and the tension just, it builds so well in this movie. Where you're just, like, I understand why everyone is so pissed off and just desperate for some sort of answers yes. that they're just, like, hitting certain walls that are, like, affecting him in such extreme ways. So I liked it. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. So did you watch it knowing it was a cold case file? The first time, no. Okay. I did not know that it was an unsolved case. Okay. So At the time of filming. So did you have a theory when you watched it, like, of who the killer was? Because, I mean, like, it's a movie, so you assume you're going to find out. I did. I assumed there would be a reveal up until it got to a point where I was like, wait a minute, I think I get what they're philosophically going for here. You know, but like, you expect to have the crime solved. I think once they read that the DNA test was inconclusive for the guy that they were, like, trying to shoot on the train tracks. Yeah, oh, game over. I was like, that's it. That was, like, our most promising lead. Like, we're fucking done. There's nothing else. There's no more Hail Marys. We're out. Yeah. I thought I was. Oh, go ahead. I, I I was I was hopeful, but like at that point, up until that point, for sure. So, I thought it might be Dropkick Cop, um, just because he was such a violent man. Um, <laughs> I thought he might have been masking that he was the murderer by wanting to catch the murderer so bad. Dropkick Murphy himself. <laughs> um, nah, I didn't have any theories on who it was because. It always felt like it was, it it didn't feel like a you know like a typical murder mystery. It's like oh, it's the guy that we met like halfway, you know, during the first act. It's it's that's the guy that did it. Mm -hmm. It always felt like it was 
we had to meet somebody new, assess who they were, try to connect them to the crimes, and then, like, really kind of finalize the evidence. Sure. It always felt like we need to meet the right person that did this. It always felt like there was a new a new guy to catch mm-hmm. that we hadn't met before. So that's that's kind of was my thought process. Sure. On it. So I'm I'm curious because to me the the similarities are striking. Um, how how do you compare and contrast this with No Country for Old Men, your favorite movie? Because hmm. there's a lot in common, and to me this is essentially No Country with Anton Chigurh off screen the entire movie. <laughs> that's like essentially what the movie would be if we just never met Anton. I don't know. I feel like that's a really difficult comparison to make. Um, because I don't really see him as a serial killer, more of like just like a force of death. Yeah, and he doesn't kill without like a reason and a purpose. And the Tommy Lee Jones character in that movie, the the cop in that in that feature, you know, the title is basically for him. Like he's outmatched during the whole movie. He's so adverse to conflict. Like he's just if there's you know some chance that it's going to something is going to oppose him he just won't enter the situation until you know he absolutely has to mm-hmm. and i didn't really feel like there was a character match there with any of the cops in this movie no so. not not quite yeah yeah um kind of a tough comparison but maybe in terms of like the ending right like the ending scene with uh, detective park played magnificently by the way by song kang ho mm-hmm. oh my god that guy's incredible mm-hmm. um when he you know talks to the little girl and then looks straight into the camera as if he's trying to like look into our eyes and see if we're the killer mm. um that ending of just like there's so much more mystery in the world than I had previously thought like there's there's more mystery than I even knew before kind of reminded me I guess if I have to draw a comparison with the very end of No Country for Old Men mm-hmm. where Tommy Lee Jones is is uh discussing his dreams that he's been having with his wife yeah he's just like I've met my match the world's a mystery to me I don't know how to move on yeah kind of thing so in the same emotional um place we're left in in both movies kind of feels similar to me so that's that's kind of where i went to you know like especially just with like these police officers trying to like they're just up against something they don't understand right like Mm -hmm. and they're used to understanding um they're very confident in their instincts and in their abilities and they just get hit with something so outside their capabilities man yeah, exactly. And it's just like like the Critiker review said, um, it doesn't shy away from the fact that many crimes are almost impossible to solve. It's like oh shoot, what was going on during the movie? Like a part of part of the themes of the film are just like uh, these these officers are kinda under what am I trying to say? Not understaffed, like under-equipped, under-equipped to handle this sort of investigation. And every time they try to turn to help, 
you know, or trying to match DNA evidence. Well, Korea doesn't have the technology for this at the time. We have to ship these results to America so the FBI can look at it for us. And, you know, there's that whole uprising and unrest going on where, you know, hey, we might need some help with some cops in this town. We think the killer might go there. Well, every policeman in that area is like quelling a protest that's going on Mm -hmm. so it not only are they like underprepared and maybe underqualified for this kind of thing they're also just like nothing's gonna help them yeah we have our detective from seoul but he's kind of it and we see what happens to him Mm -hmm. so did that answer your question? I don't even remember what your question was. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I, it, it was just an open-ended talking point of, like, are you seeing parallels between this and your favorite movie? Because I saw some. I just wanted your thoughts on it. You know, like... Um, oh, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I definitely got some uh, old country without the, like, enigmatic villain vibes. You know, like... <laughs> or old, did I say old country? I meant no country. Like the old did country! I... Like the old... <laughs> I was going to let it slide, but, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought it up. So, um, I don't really have any more thoughts on, like, the story and themes and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have anything else in kind of, like, the way the movie made you feel? Um, honestly, so, something unfortunate is that I actually had to pause this movie on two occasions and come back to it later. Um, Mm. so I, I don't feel like I really got the full immersive experience, um, and the full emotional journey. I feel like my relationship with this movie right now is very cognitive and it's because I wasn't able to just fully immerse myself, you know, like I, um, I was just, I was just tracking, you know, just tracking cognitively, especially because I was just, I was busy. I had a busy weekend and was just busy the whole time. Yeah, that makes sense. Um... One thing I will say, and I I watched it through complete the first time, but one thing that was a benefit of a rewatch, I recommend, Danny, that you rewatch it, I didn't realize how fucking funny this movie was (laughs) the first time. (laughs) This movie's so funny, dude. Like, the humor in this thing is perfectly timed, perfectly communicated. Like, it's not like quippy tension breaking shit where they're just like ugh I guess I won't have peaches tomorrow for breakfast and it's just it's not shit like that it's 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 more than that a lot of it is very visual and it's just like is it like humor that's making fun making fun of the cop characters or just kind of making fun of like how insane the situation is like all sometimes all you can do is laugh yeah kind of thing another comparison to no country for old men it's just like it's okay sometimes i laugh myself it's all it's all you can do sometimes you know where it's just like this shit's impossible so you just like look around and be like (laughs) notice some funny little detail and just like this shit's beyond me yeah Oh, man. Yeah. No, there was definitely some moments of comedy that hit, but, like, God, I just, I'm more left with, like, and maybe it's a, the first watch. Maybe you got to get the second watch for the comedy to really leave an impression, because I think just about, like, 
the grotesqueness of murder is what I was left with. Like, mm-hmm. just like, I, I feel like so much serial killer media really romanticizes the killings, you know, like, Ooh, yeah, this does not like, this makes it look like something horrible and disturbing has happened. And there is nothing like intellectually stimulating or, or uh, enigmatic or mysterious about like, it just, it presents the corpses like something fucking bad has happened. And that's, that's the only vibe you get from it. And so, I was left more with, uh, I was left more, again, the word grotesque. The word grotesque. Uh, yeah. This is a very grotesque movie to me, at times at least. I think so, and I think that's intentional. I do like what you said about it doesn't romanticize the serial killer Not at all. Bot thing. Like, fuck, that's really good, because I don't know. It's thing like I understand fascination with these kinds of stories, but there's another thing where like media will like intentionally just be like try to try to make it like sexy. Yeah. And it's just it's off putting and gross and disgusting. And this movie does a very, very good job of just being like Like I've seen dead bodies in movies, but for some reason watching this movie when like the victims are still alive and you know they're about to die and you see like their mouths being tied up and like their underwear like being put over their faces you just feel just such a disgusting feeling yeah and like it it doesn't linger on it it leaves you in the moment just long enough to like make an impact and then it's you know either on to the next thing or on to the investigation (sighs) i don't know I, I'm just gonna break it down to boil it down to just uh, incredible directing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, Newsflash, everyone! Bong Joon Ho is a good director. You heard it on yeah, Movies for Win you, first. That we're the first ones to ever say such a thing. Wild, <laughs> wild take here. Uh, this guy knows how to make a dang movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just his ability to communicate tone and not have it be like jarring or off-putting and like we spend exactly the right amount of time feeling melancholy feeling humor feeling frustration with how the investigation is going and kind of flowing through the story in like a series of like seemingly contradictory tones Mm -hmm. is like masterful yeah he's flexing his muscles on this one for sure big time um what do you got? You got any more thoughts? I got some more filmmaking thoughts. So, what are you what are you feeling about tone on this one? So, tone comes back to those Critiker reviews you were talking about, because um, I do think it is a very confusing tone. Because on the one hand, you want these detectives to uh, to catch the murderer, but on the other hand, you are watching them be despicable pieces of shit over and over and over again and so it's mm-hmm. like what you're root you don't you don't have a lot to root for is essentially it's <laughs> essentially what this movie is saddling a viewer with um mm-hmm. and i don't think i've ever seen a movie like it i just think it's completely unique at least to my knowledge um in this sense that 
what is what is what is the phrase what is the word just like uh, i guess it's that the protagonist is trying to stop someone who's doing something worse than them but mm -hmm. that thing worse is murder you know like that's that's mm -hmm. worse than pretty much everything um <laughs> so like it still works because bad guys are trying to catch a worse guy essentially um yeah like i i hate these guys but i want women to stop dying yeah and being raped like <laughs> is there some happy middle ground where the rape and murder stops and these guys also like lose their improve. licenses or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get a little bit suspended <laughs> um man this movie's ahead of its time it's for real we weren't ready for that discussion in 2003. No, we weren't. Maybe that's why it took us so long to see the movie, I guess. You guys weren't quite ready for this, but your Zoomer kids are going to love it. <laughs> also, I was 13 when the movie came out. I don't think I could have handled this no, very well. If I, was, if I saw this at age 13, I would have been like, yeah, that movie sucked because it was in Korean. Yeah. <laughs> I had to read the whole time, and also they never catch the killer, so the movie is bad. Yep. Um, hey, that was that was a long time ago, folks. How'd you find my Critiker that I had when I was 13? <laughs> I went through your old MySpace <laughs> post, motherfucker. <laughs> Two stars, says Denny underscore Taylor underscore... Uh, WCW <laughs> underscore X. Critiker does look very much like a 2003 website. I believe it was around then. I don't think they've improved much, and I don't need it to. No, if they <laughs> updated Critiker, I'd be so upset. I want blue block text on a white background with simple pictures. Yes! I want to see the HTML that is creating this <laughs> landscape for me. Don't make it cute. So what are what are your other thoughts? Um I wanted to talk a little bit about the cinematography in this movie mm -hmm. because holy shit, it's impressive. I mentioned, you know, kind of at the top of the summary there, the video talking about just the cinematography in this movie. Absolutely amazing. And something that I love that about Bong Joon-ho's films uh, between this and the host is just, like, his understanding and, like, oh, my God, just the absolute skill that goes into every single scene, if the whether, like, the camera is, you know, on a shoulder, following a character around, coordinating a scene that way. Or the video talks about a, the scene in the in the uh, karaoke bar. Great scene. That just like sits back. All the detectives are at the table, and then it kind of zooms in. These two guys are having a conversation in front of the camera. They lean back, so in the center of the frame, the police chief is reaching for a puke bucket. <laughs> And, like, it's a two-minute-long shot. Has he been holding fake vomit in his mouth the whole time? You don't even think about oh that shit. Oh, my God, I didn't even question it. Like, you don't you don't think about that stuff. And he's just, like, it all, it's all just, it, like, zooms in and out. Characters are, like, fumbling over couches, entering into the scene. Interrogation scenes happen where, there's, like, people come down the stairs and suddenly they're in the, th in the frame. 
like single shots will move to a group shot and then be with two characters and then someone else enters and then maybe the third person leaves and it all just flows so naturally things move so naturally like you don't even notice it but just damn is it is it just it's just immersive with where you are Mm -hmm. so i had you know i think i mentioned before like i wanted to compare the cinematography with burning and it's just two completely different um visual languages visual tones of burning is a movie that has you know this it achieves perfect immersion of emotion and characters like the camera work perfectly helps you immerse yourself with what characters are feeling makes every single word that much heavier and then but it's not moving a lot it's not really doing anything it just feels like you're in the scene and then this movie the camera's all over the place like that brilliant scene like in the beginning where they're finding the body next to the haystack and you know they find the footprint and we're following detective park some guy slips and falls down the hill in the background he tells the kids to get the fuck away from the crime scene and then a tractor runs over the footprint and then the the forensics team guy falls down the the same hill that someone else fell down earlier like this flow of like character movement conversation like you're just so engrossed with that scene i love stuff like that man it's just like but it it all comes down to the same thing that i mentioned in burning it's just like effortless what did i say for burning is not effortless immersion it's like effortless intentionality mm-hmm. which is like you don't even realize how immersed you are into it and you can achieve that in a lot of different ways and these two movies are doing it in such completely different ways i also love this one so yeah <laughs> um that's that's a 12 out of 10 scene for me um yeah <clears throat> thumbs up what do you what do you think about it well it's as you're pointing that out I think of this movie when I when I think about the camera work, I think of it as very controlled, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I think of it as very deliberate, um, and that's really interesting for how chaotic some of the sequences are. Um, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I, I hadn't really thought about like just like the restaurant fight, the karaoke bar, um, <clears throat> the the train track scene. That there's. Mm-hmm a lot of really uh uh frantic movement in those scenes but like the camera stays so steady you know like the camera never seems frantic the camera never seems like it's trying to catch up with the action like the camera seems like it knows exactly what's going on and knows exactly where to look at all times and exactly it just contributes to this like steady trudge forward that these characters are on whether they like it or not is kind of what i feel like the camera work conveys to me yeah exactly i think like i don't remember if it was a what i watched it was maybe like a quick video on parasite or something mm-hmm. talking about how they just storyboarded the fuck out of that movie every single shot and camera movement was meticulously planned mm-hmm. and i assume i would assume he did the same for this uh, you know 16 years prior and it just doesn't feel like it yeah like I, I love what you said like the camera doesn't feel like it's catching up it feels like it knows exactly where it's meant to go mm-hmm. it's just like 
a Rube Goldberg machine. Like, well, I know that this lever is going, this ball is going to trip this lever, so I'm t I need to move the camera to this lever or whatever, right? Like, it knows what's going to happen next in this kind of machine, machine work of the scene, mm -hmm. and it just follows along on this coordinated path. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling, man. Mm -hmm. It's just so smooth. Absolutely. Um, I want to make sure I give this movie credit for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. The DNA test. Okay. They run the papers uh, through the rain to be read. Before reading the papers, they take them into the tunnel and out of the rain. Yes! As though they intend to use the papers more than once and don't want them <laughs> ruined by the rain. How many movies, Greg, have we watched where they open, like, they just ruin an important document by opening it and reading it in the rain? I know it's happened more than once. Uh, eat your heart out, Back to the Future Part 2. <laughs> Seriously. Uh. <laughs> I can't tell you, like, how happy I was and how much more I respected Bong Joon-ho as a filmmaker when the characters took those papers out of the rain to read them. <laughs> Dude, it's it's stuff like that and then like I don't it doesn't happen in this movie but like when a character they do this a lot in Breaking Bad when a character uses binoculars uh -huh. instead of two fucking circles it's one circle with the image which is what you see when you look through binoculars uh -huh, uh -huh. I can't tell you how much I hate like two like intersecting circles being the shot for what you see through binoculars right. it's not what it looks like yeah. <laughs> I'd never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. There, there's stuff that just like somebody just has to mention it one time, and then it sticks out so much. Yep. And opening important documents in the rain is one of those things. <laughs> Drives me fucking insane. I know we saw it in something else. We've talked about it at least twice. I think we brought it up in Back to the Future Part Two because we had seen it in another movie. Too. Maybe. <laughs> like I, I know. I know we've talked about it more than once. Back to the Future 2, they've got that, like, 70-year-old mystery telegram that they just fucking ruin. <laughs> <laughs> and it's night out. It's not like you can fucking read it. Right. Like, <laughs> get into the car first and you hold it up to the overhead light. Whatever. Just, just another problem I have with Marty McFly in a long series of problems with that character. And another thing. <laughs> We're not here to rehash that nightmare. Um, but honestly, I think that's, uh, outside of gimmicks, probably most of my thoughts on Memories of Murder. Uh, obviously, I didn't really take many notes um, because mm -hmm. it's a movie in a foreign language and you don't want to be looking down. Uh, you don't want to be looking down the whole time. Um, you'll, miss, you'll miss important details as you're taking notes. Absolutely. So, so yeah. Um, I also didn't take a lot for this one. Also because I was like pretty immersed in the film. For sure. Just really enjoying watching yeah. it. So I was like, a lot of stuff sticks in your memory. Mm -hmm. So I didn't feel like I had to take a whole bunch of notes. Because it was just like, I remember how I feel. Because there's, it's achieving great feeling out mm -hmm. of me. Do you know what really stuck in my memory? 
Ooh, tell me. Murder. The murder? Damn it. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else, or should we jump into gimmicks? Um, yeah, I think I'm out of things to say. Let's, cool. uh This is a short episode, so let's spend some good times with the gimmicks. I, I have something to talk about with my cultural catch, so... Ooh, just yeah, quick. please. Uh, I, I don't. I'm like you, or it's just going to be like a one-liner thing, so... Well, Greg, what is your cultural catch, my friend? Our gimmick of the week this week, as it is for this theme, is the cultural catch time you notice some massive difference between american culture and korean culture so my cultural catch for memories of murder is an outhouse not just being an old-timey wooden shack with a hole in it mm. and a seat they talk about uh, the outhouse by the school mm-hmm. and i'm like oh they're gonna go to a single wooden shack like in hateful <laughs> eight and <laughs> There's going to be a wooden seat with a hole in it, a giant hole, and that's where the killer lives, is below that hole. And it's like, oh, no, it's like a whole setup with like a bunch of stalls and stuff, like a proper set of bathrooms. <laughs> Damn, I don't know why I thought that. Because so, they called it even on the second, Even the second time watching through, I was like, oh, shit, they got me again. <laughs> An outhouse can mean different things in different places. So I went for the poop one, and I will again later. That's a teaser. That's, Denny, that's... what was your... First of all, cultural catch. Gonna have to cook First of all, gimmick infringement, brother. <laughs> <laughs> this week, I'm the poop guy. <laughs> um, honorable mention to my cultural catch for uh, live music at karaoke bars. That must be a trip. That was something interesting. Ooh. Something you never see over here. Um, but I'm gonna go with nice. <laughs> um, the way that cops are portrayed in this movie. Um, that is something that we would never, ever do in American movies. Even a movie like Black Klansmen is like cops are good guys. Um, Black Klansmen rewrote a lot of history, um, to make the cops in the movie look better than they were. Um, so, um... We would never, ever, 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 ever make a movie where the cops were portrayed as this horrible and unethical and just general screw-ups who couldn't do anything right and generally made the situation worse every time they intervened. Um, And that's something that really strikes me about... um, So I I haven't seen any other Korean noirs, but the, the Japanese noirs I've seen are very much about like they they call into questions of like um they're all all the ones i've seen at least are about duty um like it'll (laughs) i said duty i'm the poop guy (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) he took it back but they're all questions about like do you think criminals are really bad or are they just in a hard situation are they any are they really any different than us um, and we'll see like one cop who's like, yeah, I like to bust the bad guys. And we'll see another cop who was like, I fought in World War Two. I know that you can take a normal man and make him commit atrocities. I don't think they're bad. You know, just like they would ask questions like that and show the cops as unsure and show the cops as like flawed. Whereas like American noirs are basically just about how what a big badass the detective is you know <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. that's what they're all about just humphrey bogart jack nicholson just kicking fucking ass you know <laughs> like just being amazing yeah. at what they do um 
and uh, that's that's the detectives are not amazing at what they do. They're portrayed as very incompetent um, and uh, very abusive and very undeserving of the authority that they have. Um, and they lose, <laughs> they lose the battle because the the criminal outmatches them. So. That was my big cultural catch. I thought we'd address it sooner in the episode, so I saved the karaoke bar as a fallback. Very nice. Um, yeah, I, I like that. It's. I feel like it would be regarded as like a statement if an American movie like this didn't wasn't just straight up propaganda. Yes. You know. Yes. <laughs> when cops are like, does. <laughs> portrayed as like also bad people it's like a statement film or something like that yeah. you know yeah and anytime they're not like saying prayers eating vitamins drinking milk and catching bad guys it's viewed as like a scathing critique of the police force <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh. well what's your favorite line greg Damn, I had something else there. I forgot it. Uh, my favorite line is uh, during that chaotic scene I told you about. Uh, yeah, we're just trying to investigate the crime scene here. And Detective Park is told by his boss, you're dumping shit on cooked rice here. It's <laughs> my, other, my other poop line. Um, mine's similar. My favorite line is... Cause our land's the size of my dick. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> sure if he was calling South Korea small or his dick massive. Uh, <laughs> was, I think he was comparing like. I know what, what I the, know what he was doing. I know. I know what I he know. was doing. Compared to the United States, South Korea might as well be the size of his penis. Um, which if I can we, if I can if I can misquote Kendrick Lamar. I pray my dick gets big as South Korea so I can fuck the world for 72 hours. I could have rhymed uh, it so I could fuck the world's ass and give it diarrhea. That's what I would have gone with. I don't think I would have gone with that. Well, you clearly... That's why you're the poop guy. Clearly don't know anything about dick enemas. Hmm... <laughs> Yeah, interesting, Denny. I'll tell you. So, I'll tell you more off the air, bud. I think you've said enough. So <laughs> it's not anal unless she diarrheas everywhere. Greg, edit that out. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's the difference between this week and last week. We have an editor, and it's me. <laughs> I put so the songs Denny, on. That's editing. No, yeah, you did put the songs on. <laughs> Way to go. You put one audio track two. on the timeline. I put two. two songs. Jesus. That's a lot of effort for me. <laughs> Why would I ask for anything else? <laughs> Denny, what's your critic or score for Memories of Murder? I'm going to give it a 45. 45 out of 50. Nice. Why? You want to know, you want to know what puts it over? Yeah. It's something I didn't I know did. until this podcast. I was going to give it a 44, but I bumped it up a point. It's a true story. Well, kind of. Um, it's that yeah. um, that last look from Detective Park into the camera, like he's trying to figure out if we're the killer. Um, knowing that the crime was unsolved and the killer could be watching the movie, um, that really 
bumped it up. You know, like that that took it uh, to another level for me. Dude, yeah, that's awesome. Isn't it a great like closing shot? Yes, like, and he was right. The killer was watching the movie. Yeah, and he, he just uh, wasn't impressed. Didn't care. It's like, oh, whatever. I'm sure it was an okay film. Bro, that's you. Ah, fucking hell. It's like what a world. Really good movie about you, even though you did some really bad things. <laughs> That's right. Well, me myself, I gave this one a thirty-five out of forty. A pretty high rating. Yeah. For me, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I I think um, a little bit of my connective hooks weren't really digging in like you were saying that weren't quite catching mm-hmm. but i think on a second watch through i gained a lot more appreciation for a lot of the things that were going on both in terms of like storytelling especially for acting because these characters develop so naturalistically like god damn and damn filmmaking i'm just i'm i'm in awe of so many things mm-hmm. about this movie so 35 out of 40 i think it's a fantastic movie i'll watch it again uh like i said i got the criterion blu-ray so maybe i'll watch some special features nice. some commentary something like that i'll try to dig a little bit more into what went into making this film so i'm really I'm sure i'm just gonna go appreciate it more i'm i'm sure i'm just gonna appreciate it more uh, the more i learn about it i'm really looking forward to my second watch um now that I yeah. now that I know more about it, you know, like now that I've learned from you, um, I'm really looking forward to how this is going to hit me on a second watch more than I am most second watches. So, pretty pretty cool, pretty 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 cool, dude. I think we're done here. I think we're done think here, we brother. Did what are we doing next week, Greg? Now that's a good question, and it's going to be up to the audience because uh, we need to post the poll here pretty soon. I think by the by the time the episode airs, we should have a winner. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be posting a poll. Uh, it's going to feature a lot of fantastic Korean films. I, I kind of want to go for, hopefully, you know, people choose a little bit of a deviation from kind of what we've been doing. Uh, a little change of theme here we've gone very super serious for two movies straight and if we could get like a little bit of a horror movie or something like that i think we'd be very happy (laughs) this is getting to be a heavy podcast man (laughs) the audience is in control i knew this was going to be a heavy theme yeah but damn if we could do you know the wailing or some shit jesus that sounds intense I think it's a horror movie. I don't know anything about it except that it's apparently very good. So it's going on the poll. Brendan Fraser was in it. Uh, oh, whoa. Holy shit. All the more reason. Are you serious? Uh, are, are you not getting the joke? The whale? He was in the whale. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I finally found my text to you talking about... Um, what movies I wanted in the poll. Maybe we'll do Old Boy, The Wailing, Mother, Parasite, Train to Busan. And if Train to Busan doesn't win, maybe we'll do it anyways. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll add to that poll later. You'll see it on social media. And, hey, social media, holy crap, man. You can find us on Facebook. Just look up Movies for Win. You'll find us. It's easy. You know how search bars work. 
Um, Twitter and Instagram, at Movies for Win. You know how social media works. Yeah. There you go. Five-star reviews, baby. Five-star reviews, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, it helps us feel good about ourselves. That's all that matters. Yeah. Do those things, We please. want them all. Thanks. We want them all. <laughs> Five stars only, baby. Yep. Fuck those four-star reviews. We don't need them. Yeah, right. Um... <laughs> five or bust baby um yeah that's it we've done it hell yeah we rock we're cool movies are cool movies rock korean cinema rules shouts to south korea yet again now denny i was never able to find it but i do have memories of catchphrase mm. you know greg People ask me what did this catchphrase sound like, and I always tell them, plain. Just plain. So for Greg Work, the Leg Work Johnson, I'm Denny the Talent Taylor, and this has been Movies for When? We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? I'm a policeman. This won't leave a mark with my booty over it. Bam, 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 bam. bam. You did it! You did this murder! I'm a policeman! See my badge!
stay.